0: listening to the actor aesthetic podcast episode 86 featuring special guest elise melendez of motivated movers let's get started everyone this is maggie vera and welcome to another episode of the actor aesthetic podcast if this is your first time joining us then welcome the actor aesthetic podcast is produced every single week for your enjoyment and show notes are found at actor slash podcast you can also follow me on instagram at actor aesthetic or join our facebook group the actor aesthetic tribe all links are in the show notes now let's get on to the show Did you know that Actor Aesthetic has an online store? You can now search through the Actor Aesthetic shop to find downloadable cover letter samples, resume templates, audition journal spreadsheets, and hundreds of audition song suggestions categorized by voice type and genre. Level up your audition game and go to actoraesthetic.com shop. Hi, friends. It's Maggie. Thanks for joining me again on another episode of the Actor Aesthetic Podcast. I have a very inspiring episode coming your way today. We had the incomparable Elise Melendez. She is a Chicago based arts manager, dance educator, and nonprofit marketer with a strong commitment to fostering community. She popped on the podcast to talk about her business, Motivated Movers. Motivated Movers is the premier program for professional artists seeking beginner dance training. Their holistic approach to dance and movement training is proven to help dancers excel both in and out of the audition room. And when I say proven... I mean it. They have alumni on the Broadway and national tours of Phantom of the Opera, My Fair Lady, Fiddler on the Roof, The King and I, Miss Saigon, The Lion King, Spring Awakening, Come From Away, A Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder, Jersey Boys, Cats, I mean the list goes on and on and on. In this episode, I chat with Elise about her inspiration behind Motivated Movers, how they are continuing to serve dancers during the COVID-19 pandemic, and of course, her best advice to performers looking to start their own business. So without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy our chat. Thank you, Elise, so much for joining us today. Can you tell me where you are right now in quarantine? I
1: am in my bedroom at my mom's (laughs) house in Green Bay, Wisconsin.
0: Where did you initially grow up and how did you get involved in theater?
1: So I'm from Green Bay, born and raised. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been blessed to be exposed to the performing arts since I was a kid. My mom was a ballet dancer. She's a choreographer um, for high school musical theater. I have a lot of other family members that are um, very passionate about arts education and in some way involved in the arts. So I think my first musical was when I was four years old Hmm. or by the dozen age five was carousel, you know, this was like high school theater and they needed a kid. Um, So that was my (laughs) early exposure to music theater, but mostly it was ballet. I I grew up in classical ballet. That was what was most accessible here in Green Bay, Um, blessed with incredible dance training. And then just grew up around music theater, watching my mom create. I remember Mm -hmm. like sitting in the back of the auditorium and what became my high school, watching rehearsals. Performing arts have always been a part of me. Mm -hmm. Music theater, ballet, it's always been at the root of my life in Green Bay, whether I knew it or not. The high school that I went to, that my mom is a science teacher at and then choreographer, Mm -hmm really had like really high caliber performing arts. I didn't That's understand awesome. that until later.
0: Did you always know that you wanted to pursue it professionally? No, <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. You um, get a different answer from every single person that I talk to on yeah. this. So my mom is a dancer
1: mm-hmm. um, my mom did not want this for me. She didn't want me to be a dancer. I remember, you know, taking classes when I was young and she said, if I was going to keep dancing, I had to do a sport. Um, hmm. so I did golf, long story, not relevant for here. I golf until 12. It's great. Uh, Whoa. <laughs> uh, one of my brothers is a professional golfer. So golf is just as much of my family as the arts is.
0: Wow. Uh, and actually have
1: a lot in common. But, um, <laughs> I, I guess I never really viewed it as a thing that, I mean, I was exposed to it and I knew it would always be a part of my life, but I never, I really never considered it as a career. Hmm. Um. When I was 12, which I know seems young for thinking about your career, but when I was 12, I got pretty severe scoliosis. Mm -hmm. Uh, So when you're in classical ballet and you have scoliosis, we'll just say there's a lot of obstacles. Um, So I really, at that point, stopped any like childhood dreams of like, I'm going to be a dancer. But I was a school nerd. I loved science. And I really genuinely wanted to go into pre-med and become like an orthopedic doctor. For a while, my dream role was my dream role dream job, was on-call orthopedic doctor for the New York City Ballet. Obviously, that's not what happened.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: pre-med. Uh, so, <laughs> I did approach senior year uh, applying to programs that were strong in science, thinking maybe I'd do like a double major in arts and science and then go the pre-med route. So I did a lot of, I think, I don't even know, I think I had over 14 school applications, like over Seven audition like crazy time. And um I ended up at Oklahoma City University. I don't know if this was the moment, but I remember my dad talking to me during this time of like, let me do all of it. Let me do the science and the arts. I can do all things, right? And he was like, Do you really want to be a doctor though? Or is it just something you know you'll be good at? Mm
0: -hmm. Or that you
1: know you can do? So lo and behold, it was my father who said, Follow what your heart wants to do. And I don't really think I ever I don't know, I don't ever really think I dreamed of like a life performing a career performing. Um, I think I knew I loved the performing arts and I think the only path I knew at the time was to pursue a musical theater degree and perform.
0: There are many different ways of success and it's not always just performing.
1: I love that you say that because I think that that's become like a personal mission when I come back to Green Bay and talk to my mom's high school students. I mean, I did do the performing track a little bit mm-hmm. not i on anymore um but I didn't leave performing I evolved and I really started to discover all of these other important roles in the arts that are just as much a part of the creative process in that community um I really did have exposure to that when mm-hmm. I was a child except it was their extracurricular so mm-hmm. I didn't understand it as a career path necessarily okay. and so I think it's really important we start to shed light for our youth on all of the opportunities Um, and that you can be a multi-hyphenate. You can do multiple things. You don't have to pick one track and stick with it. Retweet,
0: (laughs) retweet that, retweet. Um, Which is, which brings me to this. So you are the co-founder and executive director of Motivated Movers. So tell us a little bit about the inspiration behind creating that. Okay. So
1: Motivated Movers, we um, teach Primarily beginner dance training and dance technique for professional artists. Um, the, I mean, if we zoom way back, my passion for teaching adults really started in college, okay. uh, working a lot with the opera students at OCU, which there's many and yeah. starting to unlock the importance of dance training for spatial and body awareness, for emotional processing, all these wonderful things. So it, it did start in college, but It was actually in New York. I was in uh, Jen Wallman's studio uh, taking classes, and she knew that I had an American dance pedagogy degree. So I actually had, like, switched from music theater to dance ped. So she knew that I had that training and had an artist that was terrified to go to what I call public classes, so BDC Mm -hmm. or Steps. And she pointed her to me and said, maybe Elise is someone who could work with you one-on-one. Um, so I did, I worked Uh with this beautiful artist who, uh, will always be one of the most important people in my story. Um, we worked out of my living room in Washington Heights (laughs) and I, yes, broke down, you know, like the fundamental technique of movement, but more importantly, we started working through her fear around movement and. Um, to be honest, a lot of trauma with experiences in the industry, mm-hmm. whether they were class or rehearsals uh, around centered around dance, and started realizing that you can't teach the dance if you're not considering the emotional well-being of the artist as well. Mm. Um, so that was where I started figuring out all the all the golden nuggets and the mm-hmm. approach, and. Jen Waldman has this like private forum for her studio and I don't know I think there was like a thread or someone talking about it and uh it kind of caught like wildfire and I was like well if you guys want a class that's truly for beginners actually breaks it down and is not just about learning choreography like I'll just start a class for all you motivated movers and we'll just meet and we'll do it (laughs) literally called them motivated movers because you know in the industry we we like to use the phrase mover or strong mm-hmm. mover. Um, so that was like how it started. Uh, funny enough, uh, the next day, I actually tore my right trapezius. Oh my so God. that's my neck, basically not having the day after this thread. Mm-hmm. And my co founder, Jesse Miller, then she was Jesse Palmer. She had commented being like, whatever this is, I want in. Mm -hmm. So I messaged her because I was like, I can't move. So like let's do this, but I I need someone to do it with me. Yeah. Um, so we did. I remember like creating the classes and she would do all the demonstrating and then she would often do the choreography because she's a beautiful choreographer. And we just Mm -hmm. started melding my ped brain and her choreographer brain together and kept holding classes for our friends and then Before you knew it, we accidentally had a business.
0: Accidentally. (laughs) And it really was because it was, I mean, we were running
1: a business before it was a formal business. Yeah. And it was out of need to serve our friends. We just wanted our friends to have a place they could go and train and realize that they are capable of movement. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, then there's the fact that it's dance and there's so much liability involved and finances and whatever. And so then we're like, well, we
0: better do (laughs) Oh uh,
1: boy. The studios are very expensive to rent. Yep. Uh, liability of movement, it's different than vocal coaching. But yeah, so we really did stumble into it and fell in love and couldn't leave. And that mm-hmm. is how MM started.
0: I'm curious to know what makes motivated movers unique from other dance training programs.
1: Such a good question. I actually feel like if I answered this question pre-pandemic. Yeah. I know exactly what the answer would be, and I, I think it's evolving. Okay. But I think I'm just gaining clarity as to what it really is that we do. Okay. I have always said we are about the process, and we are about making space for the whole artist in the training. So what we do is we actually specialize in beginner dance training. You're mm-hmm. not getting a warm-up and wonderful choreography. We're actually focused from the first moment you start the warm-up through the end of the choreography on building your technique as an okay. artist. Um, that's really important. That's really how this all started. I always say every minute in class is valuable. So we don't waste it, which means we design every single class with very clear objectives, with very clear intentions from a pedagogical sense, um, from a your job as a storyteller in the arts, right? That's a difference mm-hmm. between some other types of dance training out there in the world. We're not just learning to dance for fun either. Like our job is to be able to tell a story through movement. So that's a part of every single class, it's not just jazz technique. But when I have said that we make space for the process and the whole artist, that means that discovery I had right in my living room when I first started was we had to address the fears and the emotional experience of the artist alongside the technical training or the technical training would never happen. It would never stick. I think what makes us most unique is that we make space for that emotional process alongside the physical demands of Mm. learning movement. I always say we're not just a dance class. Beginner dance for any adult is hard, right? Learning anything as an adult is complicated, but as an artist, you are faced with a whole other level of pressures, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe it's you're working really hard towards that dream role. Maybe you really need to get confident so you can endure that callback. Um, Maybe you're just trying to get more comfortable and confident with your body
0: and how you move.
1: Whatever that is, you then are having to do that alongside of it being directly related to your career.
0: So, due to the COVID 19 crisis, I imagine that all of your in person classes are non existent at the moment. So, how have you and the gals at Motivated Movers? pivoted your company to continue offering training to students virtually?
1: Pre-pandemic, start of pandemic, we were in the middle of two workshops in New Mm -hmm. York and ongoing regular classes in Chicago. What's really important about our programming is most of it is workshops so that we can have progressive learning. Um, We really have a process of learning and we want to uh, honor that process. Therefore, we don't do too many single classes. So it also felt in those lines, very jarring to just suddenly stop mid-workshop because we're not just teaching pirouettes. We're doing a lot of self-work. So to just leave our artists hanging mid-workshop did not seem like the right thing. Um, So we talked with the artists in our programming and luckily we, we pride ourselves in having very small, intimate classes. So it was not a a huge lift to talk to each artist to discover what they needed. Mm -hmm. And we talked as a team, and everyone wanted to finish out those workshops in March. So we did. Um, And so we discovered that there was a lot of beauty in teaching virtually and that it was possible. Obviously, Mm -hmm. things look different. teaching Teaching class in person, yeah, right. But for our core community, dance can be scary, and the ability to dance from the comfort of your home, even to turn off your camera and make dance a private experience, yeah, was was and is very liberating for many artists. It eliminates that mirror that stares back at you. It eliminates the inevitable feelings of comparison and self-judgment when you're watching the people around you. Um and so we're really leaning in to that opportunity with virtual classes, the ability to really, really truly meet artists where they're at with their comfort mm-hmm. level with movement and Dance. So that happened like mid March, I guess, start of pandemic. And as those workshops finished, my entire team met talking about the beauties that we had just discovered and really feeling called to continue dancing as a community through whatever was to come. So we quickly mobilized and started offering basically daily free classes for the Mm -hmm. community virtually and are continuing to do so, and will continue to do so through the summer. We have always been quick to respond, quick to adapt, um, quick to serve, and that that DNA makeup of MM really, I think, enabled us to pivot during this time in a way that is needed and has become so beautiful, Mm -hmm. and we just kind of did it just like I kind of started a business and now we've got this like international dance community filled with Crazy. professional artists, um, people returning to dance, which is a real thing. Like, I mean, when you're an adult and you used to dance yeah. and you take a break, how do you return? That's terrifying.
0: Exactly,
1: Terrifying. Adults discovering dance for the first time. And we're all sharing this virtual space because we're not talking about auditions. That's mm-hmm. not what we're talking about in our classes we're talking about the value of movement, we're Mm -hmm. processing the emotions of this time. Um, I don't know, it's just become exquisite. I really, I know there's this like saying that we always say in music theater, right? When spoken word isn't enough, we sing. When singing's not enough, we dance. Mm -hmm. And I always say in classes, like for me, we're talking about storytelling, but we're talking about intention through movement, right? And so I always say that 70% of communication is nonverbal and that is how I approach all of our training and all of our classes is that dance is that 70% of nonverbal communication. It is just movement. Um, It is you having some type of conversation, whether with yourself Mm -hmm. or with someone else, that's all that it is. And so I think what's become really beautiful during this time is there are Not necessarily words for what we're all experiencing. Finding those words to articulate what we're all going through is exhausting at best and not possible as well Mm -hmm. for many. And so, dancing is an opportunity to process those emotions, an opportunity to uncover what you're experiencing, to release it, to cultivate joy when you need it, to find connection. virtually when you need it and I think most importantly stay present as all of our minds keep racing through the unknown and that has been what our virtual model has become is creating space for that process so it's still about the process and it's still about the whole being it's just looking a bit different it looks just a little bit different (laughs) (laughs) just a little bit different but and there's been so much grace right like I think that's I think I always hesitated going virtually for all the reasons but sure um technology is one of them as we've (laughs) discovered are my dings (laughs) and Mm -hmm. the the delays and but I think there's so much grace right now because we're all just trying to figure it out and I really love watching everyone offering that grace and support as like, yeah. we're trying to figure out our technology on our end. And when right. we started figuring out playing music and having verbal cues at the same time, y'all, that's not <laughs> easy. <laughs> Thank God for my husband. He's got like his uh, voiceover set up and is helping me and then helping my teachers and all their unique spaces, all uh-huh. the settings. I mean, it's not simple. Uh-huh. Um, we're figuring it out. Figured it out together, all of us, teaching team and the artists, and that's really cool.
0: You know, the drill, you know, that there, if you wanted it to continue, you'd have to pivot in that way. Um, unless, I mean, other than that, you'd what exactly what's the other option? You stop completely, you know, it's that's just not, not it. that's not stopping completely, never seemed like an
1: option because yeah. we used to serve. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the beautiful discovery is that this will remain post-pandemic. We will will. continue some form of virtual programming because it allows us to dance with people around the world. It allows us to create opportunity for those who don't have a dance studio in their hometown that offers adult, beginner classes. It's an opportunity for artists on the road. I mean, there's so many things I can see.
0: What kind of classes do you guys currently offer virtually? Virtually,
1: yes. So we offer beginner ballet bar, mm-hmm. beginner tap choreography, theater jazz warm-up, The caveat that my warm-ups, I call them center technique development, and they're like <gasps> an hour-long, oh, cool. filled – you're not just warming up. It's a whole lot of technique and dynamic yes. movement and beautifulness. Um, and then we have theater dance choreography, so mm-hmm. – I warm up, learn some awesome moves. And then we have open level theater tap and open level theater dance. Um, we also, that's our, that's our donation based programming right now. We also have virtual coachings. Mm-hmm. Um, I also do, uh, dance strategy alignment calls to help that's artists awesome. figure out like, what do I do if I want to keep growing during this time? Mm-hmm. How do I do that? Um, and then this wall behind me is uh, a whole summer in the works of a lot more things that will be released um, very soon. <laughs> heck,
0: yeah. What a great way though, to continue using this time to serve. It's
1: how I'm surviving is just serving and sharing space. And I think this community is, I do a lot of things. My whole team will laugh as they hear this because I, <laughs> I, I have a full-time day job in addition to my So I do a lot of things at once. Um, And I am quick to take care of everyone around me. So Mm. what is beautiful is in order to serve, I have to take care of me too. And we're doing it together. It's a very shared experience. And it's a good point. Yeah. It's my joy every day is showing up to class every day with this community. So Mm. I'm blessed.
0: What are the biggest takeaways that you have from your experience co-owning a business?
1: So I have to first say that Jesse was a colleague turned business partner turned Hmm. best friend. She is a true partner in life. And we have both learned so much through this process. I think it was all possible because we exist to serve and we are artists with empathy and emotional intelligence and a deep love for Brene Brown. Brene Brown has this. Acronym for all the layers of trust. It's called braving. And those acronyms I think are the most important thing in co-owning a business. Um, primarily boundaries, reliability, and integrity. And I won't I will never say we did those perfectly. I will only Mm -hmm. say we prioritized them. I'm very proud of how we prioritized them. And our trust that we established as a team also enabled us to make a really significant pivot end of 2018, which mm. was for uh, me to continue as sole owner of Motivated Movers. Okay. And for Jessie to go focus on building her incredible family mm. with her two little ones in Baltimore. Uh, so she, that braving, I think. That acronym to me is like the most important thing and the thing I would tell every new partnership, marriage partnership, (laughs) business partnership, whatever it is, creative team, like go study that acronym and like figure out what that means for you because Mm -hmm. it allowed us to accidentally start a business, to become best friends, to continue making the choices we needed for ourselves um, as individuals and end up where we are now, which is the right place for both of us. And I will never stop being grateful for what we've created together. And mm-hmm. I love that she's still a part of MM from a creative and visionary standpoint. Um, and I think that's important for people to know that our paths can go different directions and that that tension is super hard when you're a team. Yes. Uh, when you're owning a business and you're trying to design the future of the business while also juggling your individual needs. It's it's quite the dance. <laughs> I
0: think we're ironically <laughs> ironically, right?
1: I think we were as graceful as we could be because we were so intentional about how we showed up for one another and how we communicated. I think too like being being in a business with someone, you gotta take care of yourself. I, I yeah. think I said that earlier about teaching. Like I I can't give if I don't fill up my cup first, right? I can't show up for someone else if I haven't taken care of myself. And that was a huge lesson in uh, co-owning a business with Mm -hmm. a friend. You got to take care of yourself.
0: You have to do
1: the self-work, right? We know that as artists, you have to do the self-work, but it's yeah. the same
0: business. You <laughs> got to just... do
1: that because it creeps in in some crazy layers if you're not paying attention to that self-work. So thank you, therapy. Thank you, business <laughs> Coach Liz Kimball. Uh, thank you, husband. Thank you, friends. You have to do the self-work. And you when have you don't, to. it comes out. Trust me. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yes, and it it it's
1: usually not in a way that is you stepping up as your best self. Yeah. We'll <laughs> just say. So I've learned yeah. a lot and I am forever, forever grateful for Jessie. And she is forever one of my dearest friends in the entire world. And I also would still say, don't go into business with someone. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's always advice. Um, and no one ever listens to it. It's so natural, especially in the arts to start something with our friends, but I would never advise it. <laughs> So when you do, please hit me up. I will happily talk to you about all of the things, but I promise Jesse's laughing too because we've both said it all the time. Like, oh
0: yeah, of course. It.
1: Of but course. everyone still does. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> we make it work.
0: We make it yeah, work. What's and beautiful
1: about being teams is you, you, when you're an open, vulnerable team, you can identify everyone's strengths and everyone's areas of opportunity for growth and you balance each other.
0: If someone listening is interested in taking class with y'all, how can they connect with you online? Yep.
1: Yeah, so you can go to motivatedmoversnyc.com. Look at our virtual studio. It'll list all our classes. You can also just go to our Instagram page um, at motivatedmoversnyc. And there's a link in our bio that will take you to all of our virtual classes. We are continuing donation-based classes through the entire summer. We will also be offering some other new opportunities, but uh, we really believe that the artist is enduring a lot right now and the artist deserves to dance, and we will continue to make that possible. Um, So it doesn't matter what you're experiencing right now. You can come take class with us for free. We are here for you.
0: Well, thank you so much, Elise, yes. for joining me today. I'm so excited to finally get to meet you virtually, whatever that I means.
1: You know what? I think it counts. So I look forward yeah. to seeing you in person at some point. I know. Post
0: pandemic.
1: Post pandemic.
0: <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Elise.
1: Yes, thank you. You're
0: amazing. If you've enjoyed today's episode and you found it helpful, I would love it if you could screenshot it, tag at Actor Aesthetic, and share it to your Instagram stories so that I can see who is following along with me there. If you haven't already, please be sure to rate and review the podcast on iTunes and also hit that subscribe button so that you can join me every single week for a brand new episode of The Actor Aesthetic Podcast. Until then, this is Maggie Barra signing off. It takes a village. I'll see you next week.